Welcome to The Road Less Traveled. I'm your host, DB. And uh, last episode, I had mentioned that I was going to talk on episode two about uh, the preliminary hearing, but I believe I got a little ahead of myself because I'm not trying to do this chronologically, but there is a certain natural flow uh, to things. So last episode, I spoke about the accident. And for this one, I guess I should speak about the first few days um, of my incarceration when I arrived in jail and intake and that whole process because uh, it's a little longer than uh, probably what you see in the movies. Generally, you see in the movies like a quick cut or a montage of someone coming in and then they take their picture and then boom, you're like jail cells slamming and doors are closing and that's that. And then uh, most... um, most uh, movies or TV shows then follow uh, usually like the detective or then the lawyer or the person who is outside of the jail um, because it'd probably be really boring, honestly, to watch someone in jail or prison. Even movies centered around that, they focus um, usually on like the internal struggle of the person or they hype it up and show like fights and all sorts of things. And I will definitely talk about those things in later episodes because I I saw my fair share of things, but it's not going on every single day. Like, if that's what, what jail and prison was, if it was every single day, um, just nonstop stabbings and, you know, fights, it, would, it wouldn't be sustainable. Like, everyone would be dead or dying uh, or just grievously hurt. Um, and the thing is... That while it's not a daily occurrence, the threat of it is a daily occurrence. That is always present. Um, But again, I'm going to get into that later. So for this episode, I am going to discuss just the first few days of my jail experience. Um, Right after the accident, I mentioned in the last episode, I was taken uh, to jail where I was uh, refused entry uh, or admission because of my injuries. They were so severe Uh, that I was redirected to a hospital even though I had um, denied treatment. At that point, I was under arrest for um, failing uh, the field sobriety test, and so was being under arrest for um, a DUI uh, resulting in either substantial bodily harm or death. In this case, of course, someone had passed away, uh, but the charge itself is the same. Uh, At least in this state, it may vary... um, for yours. So anyway, um, so I was uh, redirected to the hospital. They uh, gave me a CAT scan. They sutured my chin. Um, at this point, I was fully out of my, or at least felt like I was fully out of my intoxication. Pain was taking over. Uh, the adrenaline had subsided. I was in a significant amount of pain. And then they transported me back to jail. And at this point, I needed assistance to come out of the uh the squad car because my injuries were such that now I was having uh, trouble both breathing and standing. Like every uh, sip of air seemed to just be terribly painful. And I'm again, this is not for sympathy. Uh, 100% did that to myself. I am so fortunate and thankful to be alive. So um, I I feel almost. Uh, I don't know, ashamed or embarrassed to be so happy and thankful. Like I, I, all I have is like a very bad scar from the, uh, accident. I do have a few scars, um, in my lower abdomen, but I didn't break anything. 
Um, I do believe I cracked a few bones, but that did heal, thankfully, over time. Uh, and then I'll get into other injuries shortly. But as of today, like, I have nothing. Like, it could have been so bad because um, they couldn't put me in a cell. Uh, there was nothing available, like, for people that were, you know, super just hurt. So they had me out in a waiting room and uh, handcuffed to a, I guess, a bench, a metal bench. And uh, I was just, I was just in so much pain. I wanted to lie down, but I couldn't because of the uh, handcuffs. And I really, really, really wanted some water, but no one would listen to me. Like, I kept asking anyone who would walk by and it wasn't many people that walked by it was again officers or possibly uh, a few nurses or staff here and there but like this is i want to say about three possibly four in the morning it's very late it's the accident happened a little after midnight so we are well into the the wee hours of the morning and uh just no one's giving me the time of day no one is acknowledging me no one really gives a shit um i'm just another person to be processed uh, just another number, and I I look fucked up. Like keep in mind, my face is just like bleeding because you should have seen my mugshot. Like I have blood just coming down my face and my nose. Uh, like my my lip is split. That is also bleeding. My chin uh, was sutured up, uh, and that it was like a flap at first, so the stitches are there. But then there's just blood all down my chin and my neck, and I just look. I just look horrible, and no one cared, like, no one was like, hey, yeah, you're, you do have a right to water, <laughs> so here you go, uh, and I will always remember this to this day, the person next to me, she was just finishing her processing, so I guess the area that I was in, the waiting room was also for, uh, people being released from prison, because uh, I'm not, overly familiar with the layout of prison, but it does have to flow to where you can both release, intake, and also have people go to the courthouse if it's a jail that is attached, which this one was. And it had a whole sub-basement where you could take uh, inmates from point A to point B, point B usually being either housing or it was going to be your court appearance. That way they didn't have to always load people up onto a bus, uh, etc., etc. So, uh, for this, I uh, was chained up next to a prostitute, actually, who was being released, and uh, I'll always remember she was very kind. She was the the only person that listened to me and got me water. She actually ended up stopping somebody and like like saying, "Hey, man, like this person needs help. He's been asking for water. And none of you were doing anything." Like so. I was just so thankful, like, that little cup of water meant the world to me, and, uh, she had told me she, I think she, it was, like, some sort of STD, it was, like, HIV, or just something uncurable, it was not good, and, like, her boyfriend had left her, and just times were really bad, and, you know, I thanked her for seeing me and, and helping me, and I wished her well, and I, I do, I do hope she's well, but, you know, the kindness of... A stranger and one who was, you know, also going through such a bad time, it's, it's just surprises me. Like, there's the people with everything in this world that just don't care, or they're just so desensitized because they see it day in and day out. Unfortunately, there, you'll find a common theme. There's, m most officers 
are just there to collect a paycheck. They're just there to do their job. And that is completely fine. You're paid to do your job, and as long as you do your job, wonderful. But there are standards that you're held to. Like, that is the position, and you are supposed to be held accountable and also to a higher standard than most people because, again, that is the position. So the other side where you then get, say, desensitized or were uh, just not the right hire uh, and where you mistreat people or don't treat people, uh, that is, uh, that's just unacceptable. I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> I know it happens all the time, everywhere. It has been prevalent since the beginning of incarceration and before that. People will always be bad to people. It's not the majority, though. I don't believe it is the majority. I think for the majority, there is an indifference, <laughs> uh, possibly a lack of caring, but most people seem at least just above that. They are at least friendly. <laughs> Uh, but as always, you know, the bad apples that get the most attention, that stand out the most, you never hear either the good deeds or all the time something bad doesn't happen. You know, you just only hear those standout stories. And unfortunately, that's probably what this podcast is going to focus on is the standout stories. Cause I mean, it would be slightly uninteresting. I could just talk to you about a very boring, monotonous routine over the course of a five year period. Um, or I can go into uh, some more stories on the intake process. So after I did get my water, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you how long everything took. It felt like a short forever, you know? It felt like, uh, especially because of the pain, like it was just never going to end. It was quite possibly the longest night of my entire life. I was taken uh, to a back room where we had to do fingerprinting and where we also had to uh, take me out of my clothes and then put me into a uh, a jail jumpsuit or jail clothes, if you will, uh, which is all blue, at least this uh, jail. And um, I was in so much uh, agony and pain that I couldn't undress myself. And uh, that was going to be the first of a very long series of very humbling and humiliating things that I was just never uh, prepared to uh, encounter or even thought that was going to happen. So they, uh, yeah, they had to take my shirt off. They had to take my pants off and boxers. Um, I couldn't lift my arms. I could barely move. And it was just, it was embarrassing and it was, it was humiliating and, uh, from there, I was led to uh, temporary holding cells, and I was placed, thankfully, in a cell with just one other person because all the other cells were pretty much standing room only with people just banging and screaming, which uh, that did not stop for the five-year period. So uh, that is just a common thing, apparently. There, um, A lot of inmates are just loud. Uh, some of them have you know, mental health issues, uh, so that is a company with that. There's also low education, um, low standards, whatever it happens to be. Got a lot of noisy, disrespectful people. So, thankfully, they put me in a cell with just one other person. Uh, they were kind enough to offer me uh, the bed. I mean, although bed is kind of uh, really a misnomer. It's it's really, it was like a metal rack with just what could not even be called a mattress. Uh, it could barely be called a mat. So that was what I uh, 
I went on for a minute, but even that was just not, that was just too much. So honestly, I, from there, moved to the ground and kind of just tucked myself underneath uh, the metal bunk. And uh, I think I fell asleep at that point. I don't know. I just, it was all kind of blurry from there. And I did eventually get called um, by a, an officer and then they led me through a series of hallways and a series of sally ports, which uh, a sally port is a small room which has sliding metal doors on both sides. That way, um, the control room can open one door, allow you to enter, close that door and lock it behind you securely, and then they open the next door to allow you access to the next portion of where you're headed to, uh, if not the where you're trying to get to, the end room. Uh, of course, that is designed so people can't escape. It is a fantastic design because <laughs> um, good luck. You make it through one sally port, you got a whole bunch more to go. It is, you're not going anywhere. Although it does happen. That was, I mean, it does happen from time to time. I don't know. Not often. I will say that. Not often. There was only one escape or a few escapes uh, from at least jail and uh, prison, but they caught them. They're not getting away. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So I was led to a medical unit, uh, which is about as depressing as it sounds. I only peed blood for three days because, uh, I guess, of maybe a light internal bleeding and uh, whatever else was going on. Uh, which was funny because when I visited the nurse, he gave me, uh, I was, I guess, prescribed one ibuprofen when I was admitted. And uh, I told him, uh, sir, I am in what can only be described as horrific levels of pain. Is there anything you can do for me? And he's like, oh, well, on your intake thing, it says your pain level was a three. And I was like, well, who did that come from? And he said it was the admitting officer, so the one that had arrested me at the scene. And I was like, well, that is very strange because I'm pretty sure I told her I was in high levels of pain, even though I did decline uh, going to the hospital. But they did admit me anyway because my injuries were so severe that I had to go there so yeah my pain level is probably closer to a seven and he's like well okay uh, here's one more ibuprofen and that was it and uh, ibuprofen does absolutely nothing for me I don't know why Benadryl is the same thing it just it doesn't even have an inverse effect it has no effect so I was like cool this is totally useless so I didn't sleep for about five or six days um, that is going to be something that gets brought up probably every episode. I stopped sleeping for about five years because, again, the noise, um, just the, uh, the treatment, uh, from both officers and also the schedule. Like, it, jail is just like prison. You eat breakfast at about 3.30 in the morning. Doesn't make sense. I don't know why. And you get your lunch with breakfast. So if you miss breakfast, you miss lunch. And then you get dinner around 3.30 or 4 p.m. And then your day's over. That's it. Uh, one of their favorite sayings in jail is read, write, or sleep. Sometimes it would be said ironically. Sometimes it was said as a punishment. It didn't really matter because we were not going anywhere. Anyway, the medical unit uh, was... Yeah, it was terrible. I was there for about three days. And uh, thankfully I wasn't... Again, as injured as I could have been. I could have easily passed away. I could have easily lost a limb. I could have easily been paralyzed. So I I 100% understand and recognize those things. Like I have 
I have thought long and hard of what I deserve, and I, I don't, I'm still confused, because I don't quite feel like I deserve to have made out as I did. Like, that, it's, it's not fair, and fair isn't even a word that makes sense in this conversation, because, I mean, what is fair in this situation? Fair would be, I also pass away and somehow that person is brought back. But that just, you can't do that. And then what? Me passing away is also a wash? It's not even a philosophical question because the answer will always vary person to person and it will always vary family to family. So, I can just, again, be thankful. I saw so many people in that medical unit and and they were just... They were fucked up. There's no polite way of putting that. I saw people with colonoscopy bags that are just full, needing to be changed, waiting for them to be changed. I saw a lot of wheelchair-bound people that were shot by the police. I'm not saying that what they had done to get shot, you know, makes any... There's no, like, right or wrong. Like, they did something... Some of them didn't even do something wrong. (laughs) There are people that I've encountered totally innocent. Shouldn't be there. It happens. Gone over their evidence, couldn't explain it. Had a bad lawyer. (laughs) There are a lot of people in prison that deserve what happened. Did some terrible things. So, I'm I'm just here in the middle. And seeing what they were going through, it made me... It made me really afraid, honestly, for the rest of my uh, my stay, I guess. Uh, it made me worried because I was so afraid to have an actual medical episode, whatever it was, like actually get hurt, like a real, like honest to God injury or an infection, God forbid, because I didn't think I was ever going to get help. Having my, uh, excuse me, my stitches removed from my chin. After the first week, my beard was starting to grow in, so I contacted medical through a kite, which is um, what's basically a medical slip you have to fill out in triplicate, and you get a copy, medical gets a copy, and then uh, your file gets a copy. And so I requested uh, suture removal, and I got the kite back in a few days, and it said that I was scheduled for removal. And another week went by, and nothing happened. So I wrote another kite. A couple days goes by, get that kite back. You're scheduled for removal. Another week goes by, I have a full beard by now. Also, I am having blood on my pillowcase when I wake up, uh, which I didn't really need a pillowcase. The pa- uh, excuse me, pillow was absolutely paper thin, so you could just say that the pillow paper was absorbing it at this point. But I was waking up with blood because it was scabbing over and it was ripping. Like... My skin was starting to heal into the sutures. And uh, at the time, my ex, um, I was still in contact with, so we were doing video visits um, when I was allowed. Uh, it took a few weeks once I w- was properly placed into another unit. Um, but we, I was able to do uh, phone calls. And I asked her to look up like when I should be getting these things removed. And they... They said it should be no longer than, I believe it was 10 to 14 days, because it's already soft skin, and so it heals quick. And anyway, the third kite I wrote 
I said that I would be contacting my lawyer if these were not removed immediately. It should not have been this long. And the thing is, I didn't actually have a lawyer. Like, I had a public defender who was just automatically assigned to me, and he was impossible to get a hold of. So I was completely bluffing and just hoping to God that it worked. And I am not kidding. Within two hours of writing that, I was taken down to medical for removal. And... Again, not kidding, the man who removed them, the doctor or nurse or whoever these people are, he was wearing a, you know, a blue uh, scrubs. Anyway, he said, and I quote, why did you wait so long to have these removed? I didn't know what to say. And I actually have those three kites to this day, like I have that paperwork. I've never thought, well, actually I have thought, I've never thought of actually filing like a lawsuit um, because again, I'm afraid. I mean, I have each uh, like stitch dot is in my scar and I'm okay. I made it through. I got through. I am just thankful. Like I at this point, I'm still on parole. I don't want to cause a fuss. I am I am afraid of retaliation. I'll come out and say it. I am afraid of retaliation. I don't want to cause a fuss. So I'm not going to pursue that. That's just an aside. Now, after medical, I was only there for uh, about five days, three, three to five days. It's Again, it's very hard to remember um, certain things. Like certain timelines are kind of like approximates. I can give you rough estimates, because um, the mind is such a strange thing. It, you know, it scrubs the past. It, I had to write a lot of these things down because I, I didn't want to ever like forget that place because I, I never want to put myself into a compromising situation again. So I have to have the impact, and I have to remember that because again, the mind, it. It changes things. It it dulls the past so you can cope with it. Things that were so traumatic at the time fade away a little bit, or they're just not as bad. Like, time does heal wounds, but in a strange way. It just kind of muddies the waters. So, I kept a, a pretty detailed journal. I, I have been told I should turn it into a book, but I'm not quite ready for something like that. Uh, this is what I'm ready for. I want to talk. You know, I want to discuss. And so uh, the next one I can get into will be the preliminary hearing. I'll do that for episode three. Um, we are uh, already over a little over 20 minutes here. So I'm going to wrap things up and uh, just I, I'm taking in a lot of things these days. Uh, I'm going back. I'm looking through those journals. I'm going over those stories and... Um, I, I just, I don't know. It was strange because I could never picture today. I could never picture being back integrated into society, like trying to live my life. I, I couldn't like, I spent a lot of time reading. I had to escape and that's what jail kind of became. It was escapism. Like I was confined. I had you know, I could, I had to do the same thing day in and day out. It was going to be read, write, or sleep. So I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of writing and I'd almost no sleeping. Um, so 
next next time next episode we'll talk about that preliminary hearing but for now again thank you for tuning in to the road less traveled and i hope you guys have a wonderful day